0: I remember I what, what happened what was happened? I had to uh, go to her house at like 11 o'clock in yeah, and I Yeah, I just
1: packed all my pack shit all our in stuff
0: the... into the car.
1: Packed all my shit and, into your smallest uh, car that you had at the it, time.
0: Yeah, bring it all over here, and
1: it's like I got out of work, came home, and I was like, I'm leaving.
2: Welcome to the show, guys. Hi.
3: Hi. Thank we you for
2: us? we got krista and steve you go steve or steven what do you like what do you prefer steve
0: is good, good Steve evening. is
2: good. okay <laughs> now um, uh, krista and i know each other well we've done a bunch of collabs together and just for today as everybody knows steve we haven't really talked much um she's been on my show um now krista you got a little over three years sober right
1: um yeah we're kind of like a mu- i'm a month behind him
2: Okay, so let's do sober dates. Let's do sober dates. Krista, what's your sober date?
1: November 6, 2018.
2: November 6, 2018. September 6, September 2018. No, December. <laughs> December 6th, 2018. Okay, and Steve, what's yours? I'm um, November 22nd, 2018. Okay. So yeah, you got a couple weeks now. Did you guys meet like in rehab, or did you guys meet in the rooms? You don't say which kind of fellowship, but did you guys <laughs> meet in the rooms or in rehab? It was it was at the facility. It was at yeah. Salvation Army. Okay, so is in it was in the treatment. You you had a couple weeks, you know, clean in there at the time. Yeah. You know, do, do you remember when she came? Because I remember like when I showed up to rehab. Like now, do you remember like when? This girl showed up to rehab, just like, because by then you would have had a little more clarity than she would have had at yes. two weeks.
0: Yes, I uh, clearly remember the day that she showed up. <laughs> can, you t- can you tell? Can you tell me why you remember? because uh, I just, I thought like she was so beautiful, and like I was like, like my world stopped around me, and I was just like, enthralled by this person, and I was just like, I. I I need to get to know this person somehow, some way. Was that
2: your first rehab stint? No.
0: Okay, no. But
2: it but it was hers. I remember that was hers.
1: Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I wouldn't call it my first because I've been in other treatments. It was uh,
0: okay. Yeah, but detox is different than treatment. I feel okay. Like. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's definitely
2: different. There's definitely you know, Well, it depends also on the area. Like, different states have different, you know, they call things differently, whether it's inpatient, detox, treatment, you know, rehab. I feel like sober living, halfway houses, three-quarter way, I I feel like there's so many different phrases for things. So, but when you saw her, you're just like, I want to get to know this person. Yeah. Um, But you also, did you know about how, like, rehab love is, like, taboo at the same time because
0: you had been experienced with rehabs by then? yes absolutely and that's why i i didn't like i didn't want to like jump on anything and i i actually i didn't even talk to her for like a couple of months and like Smart. i was like yeah. i was really just trying to like i was really focusing on myself and you know doing me like completely because that time around you know i'm still sober today i was I was really serious about it this time. I finally gotten myself to that place on my own and I just, I didn't want to risk it. Like I didn't want to lose what I had. And after everything I've heard about, you know, relationships and how things, you know, people just run off and, you know, they're, you know, they're often high
2: together. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was going to ask you either of you next. If either of you had experiences with being in relationships in other rehabs or facilities or rooms, you know, in the past, where, you yeah. know, we, we all have those relationships in addiction where they're toxic and we're getting high with that person. I feel like we all had at least one of them, We're drunk or high, whatever our DOC was. But did you have any relationships before her where you were sober with that person that they didn't end well and it was kind of a fear, either of you?
0: I'd never been in a.
2: So, but you just heard about it you you've heard about the the rehab romances that don't work is what you're saying
0: yeah yeah i, um, I i'd never had a, a sober romantic relationship at all like um, until this one <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah i mean before i started dating you i <clears throat> met this kid this guy chris in detox and then um he ended up going to Salvation Army, so like I went after him and then we sort of had this like weird thing going on, but he was he ended up being kind of creepy and like really emotional. Um Chris. really
2: early in sobriety, emotional Krista doesn't add yeah, up.
1: <laughs> like <laughs> another level, like um and that was just bad news, but at the time I didn't know, like I was we were you know we were in detox we hooked up in the hallway and then it was just like it was meant
2: to be (laughs) in the the hallway making
1: out
3: yeah
2: do you you think steve you needed that time though that couple months to like basically ignore her like if you if you would have jumped into it it could have been bad for both of you were you most afraid of that
1: Okay, well, first of all, Salvation Army has a strict rule where, like, girls and guys can't talk to each other at all. Like, if you look at each other, like, that's still bad, too. Oh, okay. So it was very, like, intense. It was really
2: taboo. Like, you could get kicked up, out easily. I
1: ended yeah. up, okay, well, first some kid wrote me a note, and that was just, like, so dumb. <laughs> I got in trouble for that. They're like, like, There was some,
0: some guy wrote her a love note, and it said, oh God. Uh, the, uh, I, I quote, you're like a goldfish in a shark tank.
1: <laughs> what? <laughs> I need, I would I uh, note.
0: yeah, like he, like, <laughs> tried to pass her a pack of cigarettes and, like, a love note oh my God. and, like... Well, that's Rehab Romance right there, like a
2: pack of smokes and a note written on the back and se- stuffed inside the cellophane, right? Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> like, but, like that... one of the counselors ended up finding it.
1: Yeah, he brought he, like, me into the chapel and was like, hey, I just want to let you know, like, I found this note and then, like, he was saying, you got to beware. like, you're, you know, um, you're like, I don't know what the word is, but like, I'm pretty, pretty- you're
2: like a goldfish <laughs> in a shark tank.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <A> goldfish in <laughs> a tank full of sharks. Yeah, but, that- um, yeah. It's i'm trying
2: day. to like catch up with how that makes any kind of sense in a way of like you know like hitting on somebody like yeah. w- Some them what them what right? genius was he like he he was you writing that go man this is genius this is I, how can she say no to this I <laughs> like,
1: <did. laughs> but i ended up getting in trouble for the whole chris thing that was this guy's name um and I, I should have known that it was just a bad idea to get with this guy. He was, like, older than me. He was very vulnerable. He was a liar, you know. And then he started seeing me as his property. And I was, like, absolutely not, dude. Like, oh, my God. And then the way he would just talk about me around other guys, I guess. And um, he just became very possessive to the point where I was, like, okay, no. And then in classes, he would just sit there and just, like, cry. And we'd all be, like, dude, like... I mean,
2: no, okay, so he saw you day one and waited months. Now, did you see him as in Steve? Did you see Steve day one? Or when is it that you noticed Steve and was like, you know.
1: So I used to work in the kitchen and um, with the guys, with a few of the guys. And then I would see him come through like the the food line to get the food. And I'm like, oh, he's cute, but like obviously we're not allowed to talk or whatever. I didn't really think anything of it. And then I got moved out of the kitchen detail, and then we, I was put upstairs to where they sort all the clothes and stuff for the Salvation Army stores. And then sometimes we would work downstairs where you like put the clothes back on the racks in the store and he worked downstairs and did like the um
0: I expedited for the story.
1: Yeah, yeah
0: it's a but, fa- it's a fancy word for uh, what stuff <laughs> out on the floor. Yeah, you moved it. Yeah, <laughs> you expedited.
1: But he would walk through like all the time. And
0: it's like I'm a, a
2: chauffeur. Day. You're a chauffeur. Yeah, I, I actually I drive that. I'm a bus driver, but I say chauffeur yeah. because it sounds <laughs> it's a stretch. It's a stretch bus limo. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I would see him in the hallways. Yeah, I would see him in the hallways, and he would be like singing songs or whistling, and I would just like look at him, and in my mind, I was just like, oh, he's hot, like, he's probably has a girlfriend, like, you know, just, like, not thinking anything really of it, but I would look at him, and then he would look away, and then, right?
0: Yeah, no, like, she, you, kn- you knew, she, I, she like, I, I knew that she liked me, because anytime yeah. I looked over at her, she would look away. Yeah, that's always, yeah. every
2: time you, you would, and then you would look at her because you had a crush on her, yeah. but you would look at her, and she would, like, quickly, yeah. like, like, yeah. no, no, don't look at me. You can't look me in the eye yet. <laughs> you, can,
3: like, you can't look... You can't even look at me. Don't look at me. Now, so you said it was
2: months. Were, <laughs> were you... At, Steve, were you out of Salvation Army by the time you finally, like, pursued her more? How did you feel, like... Were, were you calculated about how you were, like... I don't want to, like, be overwhelming. I don't want to push her, exactly. like...
1: We, we would walk to meetings. Like, we didn't have anyone to chauffeur us around. So we would walk to all our meetings and stuff. And I remember... He would be the the guy like in front of all the other guys, just like not like a part of the group that we all walked with. He would just be in his own mind, like with his headphones on, like staying out of trouble kinda. And I would be talking to like the other guys and like whoever was walking to the meeting, you know, on the way back and forth. So he kinda kept to himself. He was really working his program. Yeah.
0: yeah. And I I did I I was still we were still there. It's like six month program when yep. you're at Salvation Army so it's it's a long time and by the time I was uh four months clean that's when I I kind of introduced myself actually a friend of hers introduced us and you know we started talking and
1: yeah my roommate at the time because I told her I had a crush on Steven and um <clears throat> she was like she came back to the room and was like well so because she was talking to mark yeah at the time and then anyway um she set it up we went out to eat like after a meeting one night and we kind of hit it off and from there yeah
2: now when did you guys move in together like and get even more serious because now you're You both got out of this six month program within a couple weeks of each other. Um, Now, were you in the same kind of area already? Like, you know, because like when I got sober, I went all the way to Los Angeles. You know what I mean? From Pennsylvania. So, like when I was done my program, I came all the way back to Pennsylvania, and I was not near anybody that I was in. So we're living with.
0: So what happened was I I got a job, and I my brother also. He, he allowed me back into his house so i moved in with my brother and um she stayed in the program and afterwards she went to a uh a sober house mm-hmm. which is an all-female um you know sober it's,
1: living yeah
0: it's kind of like mm-hmm. a halfway
2: house sober we're yeah. living where you come and go you have a curfew yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah. so she stayed there for another um, six months another another six months so she, She had, like, a year under her belt before she moved in with me.
1: Yeah. That place was dumb. That was literally... (laughs) It it was... The lady that ran that place was, like, oh, my God. Yeah, so
2: how was it, like, you know, getting to know each other now in a situation to where you're on your own, Steve. You have about the same amount of sobriety, but you're on your own where you can, like, live your life. You're living with your brother. And then... You, Christy, you have all these rules of, like, sober living rules of, like, you have to do this many meetings a week. You have to go to IOP, probably. You have to have a yeah. curfew, I'm sure. And, you know, all this chores. And, you know, yeah. you're still kind of under a watch as opposed to Steve just—I'm mm-hmm. sure you're under a watch, too. But I have a brother that's, you know, not in the program. He's a normie, but, like, he was watching me. So, like, I get that. But yeah. it's different to be like have family like keeping an eye on you and like the rules of a sober living. Like, how was that for your relationship for six months?
1: It was interesting. <laughs> I kind of felt nervous when you came over, but they allowed like visitation. I remember one time we were like in the basement cuddling on the couch, and what's her name, the like lady of the house before she relapsed came down and was like, "No, no slugging or no cuddling or whatever." We're like, oh, yeah, the,
0: the old lady." I forget
1: her name. I don't know, Deborah. Deb, yeah. Deb.
2: (laughs) Sounds like an older lady's name, Deb. Deb Um, Deb rules. But
1: it was it was more laid back than Salvation Army. Yeah. For sure.
2: Oh yeah. Well that yeah, I mean Salvation Army's night and day to anything from what I've heard from people. That's like a strict strict
1: (laughs) We did end up getting trouble at Salvation Army again. My God. They were like you didn't learn the first time. I was like
3: now Girl. how how was
2: it going to be like did you go you went from sober living to now living with steve
1: yeah well after the six months i was kind of like all right this place sucks like i've had enough the lady that ran the place not the head lady but the other lady was just like a bitch and i don't know what happened but she gave me like an ultimatum for something
0: i remember I what happened what was happened? i had to. A uh go to her house at like 11 o'clock in Miami, yeah i just
1: packed all my pack shit all our and stuff
0: up. into the car
1: packed all my shit into the smallest uh, car that you had at the time yeah
0: bring it all over here and
1: it's like i got out of work came home and i was like i'm leaving fine i'm leaving i figure what happened i didn't get in trouble for anything but it was just like ridiculous I yeah. think I you, was just, just,
2: had, you just it was like you had enough like yeah. no i i'm i'm, I like, I'm I done. done i'm done yeah, yeah. That makes sense though. Like because
1: I was thinking of moving in with them.
2: Yeah, at that point you guys have been together almost, you know, what? What uh almost a year and you almost a year of sobriety on top of that. Like even if you were together eight months, I think, that would probably be like the math from like four months in meeting and all that. But still that's a while, especially if six of those months are out now. Are you doing things that you guys do a lot of, like, yoga together, right? You, or what do you guys do for your sub- meditation? You guys do a lot of different things for your recovery together,
0: I see. Yeah. We, yeah. we try to stay um, try stay as active as possible with it, yeah. you know. Um, pretty much watching church on TV. That's, like, one of the, the biggest things that I can think of. But I do... Well, I
1: mean, at first we got to know each other, you know. Uh, we walked around a lot. I mean honesty was like really important in our relationship because like we're sober we can be completely honest like we never were before with anybody in our lives you know like that was the first time I think I was completely honest with everything on the surface right like yeah getting to know each other and then um you being know.
2: vulnerable for the first time really and like just opening up completely
1: Right, and then that made it so much easier for us to just, like, have that bond, that special bond, and then, you know, we went on dates, and then from there, um, yeah.
2: So when when did you propose, Steve?
0: Um, We were together for about, like, a year and a half. It was July. It was the
1: 3rd of July in North Carolina. Which...
2: But well, yep. anybody who's not from Massachusetts or New England that doesn't know how big of a deal the 3rd of July is actually in Massachusetts. Like, in New England, I feel like the 3rd of July is the <laughs> day that you celebrate the
3: 4th. Mm-hmm. Like,
2: I never really had, like, a huge celebration on the 4th, but the 3rd, hell yeah. Like, you went mm-hmm. down to the beach in Plymouth, we walked around, and everyone lit on fireworks, or I would go up to Marshfield. So, oh, yeah. like, I never, it's so funny you said 3rd of July because anybody outside New England like, july 3rd you mean steve like no the third of july is how they say it it is a celebration
1: <laughs> where
2: everyone yeah it's so funny that like i always remember like going to um the beaches and just like walking around um like plymouth and just walking up and on the beach while everyone was lighting a fireworks i think the one year yeah we went to marshfield instead oh, yeah, and you just
1: crazy like Weymouth, straight, all
2: yeah windy. and that and that's, that's the point is no one knows about that unless like you've experienced it. So yeah. it's a big deal when you say that's a big night, the 3rd of July. So there's fireworks going off and shit. Like, was yeah. that like kind of planned out for that? Yeah. I mean...
1: we, so we were on vacation at my brother's house house in North Carolina.
2: Okay. But still, in your, and then, you have that new England mindset of this is the 3rd, yeah. this is the day.
0: Yeah, and it was like, the there was crappy weather for the next day, so they were doing all the fireworks that night, and mm-hmm. I mean, I had bought the ring, like, probably like a few weeks before, and I was like, kind of like, holding on to it, and I, I wanted it to be like, something special and memorable, so uh, when we were down, I figured we'd end up, we ended up on vacation or whatever, and I was like, yeah, like, I think this is the time I, I should do it.
1: We went kayaking off into the sunset because my brother's house is literally on the ocean.
0: Oh, yeah. shit. okay. So what? is it like down Outer Banks or down Wilmington? Yeah. It was the um. It's like the Outer Banks. It was like the Inner Banks, if you could call okay, it that. I, okay. Yeah. I like there's the Outer Banks is like a boat mm-hmm. ride, yeah, across the uh the river or whatever. We were in that big river. Okay. and... Yeah, I
2: I lived in North Carolina for a little bit too. I've lived all over this freaking country, so Um, that's why I've been over there a a bunch. I lived in Durham for a year, right by Duke University. That's like in the middle of the state. I lived there for a year, so I had a couple of vacations down by Outer Banks. So I know, I know what you're talking about.
0: Um, um, What's it called? Uh, Bath. 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 Okay, yeah. Like tub, like a bath. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. it's it. like
0: a pirate, uh, pirate place.
1: First settlement
0: or whatever. Um. Well, it's because a lot of
2: those towns are named after English towns. Mm-hmm. Um, so Bath is a huge, uh, is a big city, out in England, and so that's that's what it's named after. In North Carolina, is the you know the settlers they would name them after the cities they came from in England. So mm-hmm. that's why you see like you know like even like York, like New York. Yeah. It's based off York, the city of York out in England. Then it was New York City, yeah.
0: And just so, like
2: uh, the Massachusetts, uh, oh, um, you know. Mass has a ton of them.
0: Needham and uh,
2: yeah. and well, no one even knows how to say half the names in Massachusetts anyway. Anybody outside of New England, if you show them, obviously, what's They're gonna they're gonna be like what? Worcester.
0: Worcester
2: <laughs> yeah. They, they have no idea. Like, I remember my one friend was going up there, to, like to blow glass, and she's a like, She's like, "Oh yeah, like I think I'm going to this city. You ever heard of Worcester? Is that anywhere near you?" I'm like, "Worcester." I'm like, "You mean Worcester?" Yeah. <laughs> like, and I say Worcester, you guys say Worcester. You yeah. know, <laughs> so I, I still say my R's. I just I know how to say it the way you guys say it, too. Um, but, yeah, that's a, especially Massachusetts. There's a ton of those cities that are named after the cities from England. Um, So that was about a year and a half ago, right, that you guys got engaged. So when did you how far along are you? Spoiler alert to anybody listening. Chris oh, yeah. is pregnant. Um, <laughs> They are expecting a baby in April, I believe. Yeah. April 3rd. April 3rd. That's exciting. It's the due mm-hmm. date. And it is both of your first kids. But no. he
1: proposed to me and the ring no. did hit my finger. We didn't tell
0: him, tell him that story. No, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You have a kid, Steve? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have a, a five year old son.
2: Oh, cool. Yeah. From when you were um, still active. Yeah. And yeah. how often do you spend time with him?
0: Uh, I don't get to. Um, his mother's very bitter. And, okay. that happens. You know, it's so it's a really yeah. odd, messed up situation that I. It's just a lot.
1: Bitter is being nice.
0: Yeah, saying she's being.
1: Yeah, nice.
2: you know so, well, that. I, that's the way you have to even say it in recovery, yeah. though, right, man? Because like it's out of your control. Because you know, I don't have any. I don't have any kids from when I was an addiction. I have a stepson that you know that came in my life two years ago while I was sober. Um, You know what I mean? So for me, I don't have that. But I can also see where we can't change any of the shit that's happened. And we all we can do is just live amends. Right. And just try to be a better person and hope that one day that bitterness to be nice lifts. And maybe she sees, oh, he's great with his daughter. Because again, spoiler, it's a girl, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah so that's exciting and so maybe she'll see oh well you know i want him to have his sister you know and be able to have a sister in his life and it's just one of those things you can just hope to keep on doing the next right thing and you that's know
0: a, that's you know
1: yeah i tell him he's doing the right thing all the time i
0: i, I tried to do all the uh everything that i could from the, the court perspective mm-hmm. and it's just uh there's uh, one thing left, and that's like now I have to go to Connecticut. She moved out of state, and um, it'll be a lot of a lot of money for me to start a case over there. So it's uh, yeah,
2: it'll, it'll and you know, and when the kid gets old enough too, it's that same thing of that kid saying, "Well, why not? I I want it." You know what I mean? So it's better to be patient and not pushy. Because all you're going to do is just push it further and to make the situation worse, in my opinion. This
3: episode is sponsored by MJ's Progress Not Perfection Meeting Center Association. We are in our meeting center where we do all these meetings for mental health and addiction. I can do this podcast anywhere. I can do this at home. I can do this in a closet. I can do this in a basement. It doesn't matter. All I need is somebody else to talk to about addiction and recovery. What I can't do from anywhere... Is help people with their addiction and their mental health problems. So if you can help out, you know we do have a Venmo, we have a Cash App, we have a PayPal, we have an address you can send a check to, and you know all the money that gets donated goes towards rent, goes towards keeping the lights on, and goes towards keeping the internet on. So please, you know if you can get five bucks, ten bucks, twenty bucks, it doesn't matter. Anything you can is so appreciated. if you are a local business, if you're a national business, whatever and you wanna be a part of what we're doing, you know, you can reach out to me and we can talk about how you can be a sponsor. But I'll let you get back to the episode. You
2: said something about the ring not fitting?
1: Yeah, so you wanted to propose to me kayaking.
0: You yeah, no, so I, I
1: was here. like, all right,
0: I'm gonna do it. We're gonna, it's gonna be, the sun's gonna be setting and that's when I'm gonna ask the question. It's gonna be all perfect yeah. timing and everything, right? And so we're out there and you know, putting along and i'm like hey we should go back now it's like uh the the sun's starting to go down i'm like trying to like (laughs) paddle back to shore or whatever she's like why okay so she's still out there
3: yeah
0: and uh i go back to shore she's like oh she's kind of like let down and she's like "Why, why why'd you stop like you know she wanted to keep going and i was like oh yeah i just asked her right then and there and um it was she said yes she was kind of in shock at first. Kind
1: of in shock. I was like, like so is real? that
0: a yes, sir? Or... <laughs> <laughs> like, but, yeah, yeah she, was, she And then was, um, he went
1: to put the ring on my finger, and then, like, it didn't fit, so he had to force it, like, on my finger. Like, and then I was wearing it, and then um, it was kind of cutting off my circulation. So, like, the next Steve, day. Steve, did
2: you do that guy thing of, like, try to guess the size and not actually try okay. to, like, hang around for the... You know, I feel like a lot of guys are almost afraid to like even hint towards it because they're going to give it away. So they just like I'll look at her old rings and I'll look at the number on the old ring and that's what I'll match it up with. <laughs> so,
0: what I did was I, I took yeah, one of her other rings, but I like I put it up <laughs> yeah. my pinky. And like it only fit like halfway down my pinky, so I was like, all right, that's about the size it needs to be. Cool. I got I gotta hold her
2: hand and see which fingers of mine match up, and she won't even notice, and I'll get this right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was I was trying my hardest for her to not know, and um, I didn't it, know. It did work, so anyway, <laughs> we try everything possible to, <laughs> to get, get the ring off. off of her finger. At this point, I'm no, like, not. I love oh my it, because now it's stuck on. It's
1: swollen, like yeah. it's turning
0: blue. So we try oil, we try, like, uh, the ice pack, we tried like, cooling it off, and we tried everything. Her her brother is, like, a firefighter, so he's like, oh, you gotta do this, 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 and then, so we're like, oh, Oh, the rope thing? No, it's, (laughs) it's, like, it's, uh, 4th of July, uh, down in North Carolina, and we're like, we need to go to, like, a jewelry store or something, hoping that something's open. So
1: they could cut it off, I mean...
0: And they did. They did it. They did it for for free. Cause
1: they have like the, was... the jewelry like slicer thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because it's it's dangerous. I mean, um, I remember Jimmy Fallon almost lost his finger. Like it's like a really popular thing to like get your wedding your your ring finger cut off from like the circulation and it getting like stuck the wrong way. People like falling and having to jam into your finger and literally having to amputate the finger or they have to break it so bad to like. Oh that's God. why I would just like, yeah, I'll take the tattoo. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I'll take the tattoo, wedding ring where <laughs> it's not going anywhere. I'm not gonna lose
0: it. <laughs> that's an Irish wedding ring, right? Is that Is what? That what I, well, I thought that's what it was called.
2: Is that well? They have like well. It's kind of like I did it kind of like a Celtic ring, to be honest, because the Celtic ring, the whole point is that you turn it around when you get married, so that the heart faces within. Instead of you know, I think the whole point is the Celtic, the heart faces out when you're open and available, and then you turn it in when you're not. And so when I did do it, I did make sure the M faces me, and it looks like a W to everybody else. But the point is that I see the M when I'm looking at it because that's her name's Mikey. So, and she has a J on her finger for, you know, JD. So that's how we actually, is taboo, but we got our ring fingers tattooed two months before we said I do. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Just because we, we knew it was a matter of waiting for her divorce to go through from her first marriage. And as soon as her paperwork was going to go through, we were going to do it. And our, my friend was in town and she was giving us tattoos in our living room for fun. And we were like, oh, just do our ring fingers while you're here. You know, might as well. We're going to get married. So, you know, we definitely could have jinxed it by getting it early. But the thing is, as soon as the divorce came in, we picked up the divorce papers from our lawyer. Which are across the street from the courthouse. So on the same quarter that we paid for parking to get to the lawyer, <laughs> yeah. we walked across the street to the courthouse and got our marriage license literally right after they're like, Oh, do you have proof of the divorce papers? And that shit wasn't even dry yet, as we're handing it over <laughs>
3: across the, <laughs> the thing.
2: You know, and that we got married in our living room during quarantine, like the day after Thanksgiving. Like Domino's came in, it was a thirty dollar, you know. <laughs> thing for our wedding it was beautiful i don't need the whole spectacle and anything i wanted to have a nice low-key you know thing when are you you guys have a date do you guys have a date i'm sure like things got pushed around when you know news of the baby and quarantine and
1: yeah yeah so i don't know next year i just i kind of want to go to the courthouse and just do it for us and then have like a party after
2: Honestly, for tax reasons, do it when you have the kid, especially because just for taxes alone, like, you know, I love my wife and we're going to be together no matter what. But the main reason that we got it just taken care of right away is because the tax benefits are so much better, especially because we do have, you know, our kid and he is like we do co-parent, but he we claim him. So as a married couple claiming a kid, it's much more beneficial. So. Yeah, that's that for us. Like if we eventually have a party, we have a party, but we didn't care about that. She had already been married, already wore the dress, you know, and already had that. And for me, I'm, you know, a former comedian who doesn't like attention, you know, but yet I, you know, I do this show, but it's I don't care. I don't need the applause. I don't need the for me. So as soon as she was like, oh, I don't need anybody to walk down the aisle this time. I already did that whole thing. It's like, okay, cool. Living room it is. And my friend got ordained by the Church of Dudism, you know, from, like, the Big Lebowski, <laughs> like, and, <laughs> and married us in the living room. Oh, my um, God.
0: I can't tell you how many times I've watched that movie.
2: It's it was, phenomenal. That's why. It's the uh,
0: It was the only DVD that we had, like, in the apartment. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I was living with a bunch of degenerates at the time. Yeah, obviously. This yeah. <laughs> was, uh... A, for lack of better words um it was like it was a fucking shooting gallery dude like it was bad like yeah. it you know the trap it, house with a dvd player yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, but was, it's like one of the only things i was there you guys know you guys have I mean? uh, trap houses yeah and like so we just freaking i just watched the movie over and over and over again like but i'd be like that's that's me that's how i win <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well there yeah. there is a
2: church out there there it literally i think it's out in oregon somewhere so they started it it's a church of dudism and you can get ordained under it and marry people and like i asked the the county clerk or whatever i'm like hey is this like an acceptable like religion to get married under for this county like is this going to be accepted she's like hey we don't judge it if you accept it as the religion you want marrying you then you accept it i'm like done
0: <laughs> like done just thought of something right like instead of instead of like the the cup of wine it's like a it's a it's a white russian and you like <laughs> well we, we we were sober then so we weren't drinking that
2: was that was definitely a sober you know party for us but again we was hanging out and watching bob's burgers in our living room you know eating some dominoes it was a nice little reception nothing too crazy nobody got drunk It was nice, (laughs) but, uh, you know, how do you guys, so like, you know, relationships and addiction are a lot different than relationships and sobriety. So like getting through shit today is different than if you were in a relationship trying to get through shit, because like before, like I remember it was, we're just both going to get high and then not talk about that problem ever again. So like how do you find yourself getting through like real life shit together without getting higher drunk?
1: I mean, how do we do it? I uh, say my higher power, a lot, but of, a
0: lot of forgiveness.
1: Because I mean, we've been through so much together, like things that you've dealt with, things that I've dealt with, and we haven't picked up a drink or a drug, and that's amazing. You know? What
2: do you think yeah what do you think that mostly is you think it's higher power do you think it's communicating what do you do you our think higher
1: it's power but also communication I mean we said our higher power God first for us and then ourselves and then each other we put that in place from the beginning and
0: it seems Yeah more. that that was actually something that we agreed upon like when we first started talking mm-hmm. and it was kind of like you know we're both still at at sallies or whatever and but like we were talking and it was getting kind of serious and things were getting serious but uh <laughs> um yeah so like we uh, we sat down and i was like listen you know i want i want to have you in my life but you know for this thing to work between both of us and our sobriety mm-hmm. it's gonna have to go god ourselves and then each other You know, like, we're not the priority. We're not that... Like, us is not the priority. You can't
2: make each other your higher power. You can't make her your higher power. She can't make you her higher power because...
0: The reality is
2: you're both not always going to be together, or you know I mean at the end of the day, like even when you're older if somebody passes away before the other, you know very rarely you die at the same time together, so like you know you, it's really hard to rely on somebody to be your higher power, so that's exact that's that's a great way to basically go into a relationship sober with that mindset of no, no you well, know,
1: I mean, I never had that before in any other relationship. You know, my spirituality came back when I got sober. And, um, I mean, yeah.
2: Yeah, I think that's a good rule to stick by, you know, like to kind of check yourselves.
1: As people first, you know, in recovery and in life in general. Because then if we don't love ourselves, how do we love other people? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And Checky. also, when I say about self-care, I also put my recovery as that's my self-care. Yeah you know my my recovery regimen when i at the time in the early recovery i was like meetings 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 you know i I was (laughs) was on top of my shit like you know what i mean like i did not skip a beat and you know time goes by you kind of relax a little bit and i mean we do this stuff like you know what i mean uh Being
2: active in recovery doesn't necessarily mean what it used to mean five years ago, in my opinion. I think five years ago, you know, pre-COVID days, being active in recovery was, you, you know, meetings makers make it and you go to meetings and that's it. But I think COVID opened up a lot of avenues for a lot of people where, you know, you know, you can do things virtually now. You can do meetings virtually. You can do podcasts now. I mean, podcasts were so frowned upon for recovery a couple years ago because of the traditions and you're breaking traditions and all the i'm sure you guys are well aware of that
0: like when uh before covid started and i was you know life catches up with you and you know i was kind of relaxed on my meetings i was like you know what i got i got like 18 (laughs) months whatever i'm just gonna chill out like you know what i mean like i have been grinding for the past year and a half You know, running back and forth from Providence to Cranston and just it was just like, I'm like, all right, I'm going to slow down. And I tried uh, listening like on Spotify and like, listen, like within the past couple of years, it is like blown up like a, a few years ago. Yeah, it
1: wasn't.
2: Like, like a, a, Yeah, like
0: a year and a half ago. There was like nothing there. Yeah. Yeah. Right? it's like it's flooded. Like, there was, like, random, like, sound clips and stuff. Like, that was, like, kind of, like, the big thing. like. uh, Well, it's the
2: Joe Rogan effect. The Spotify, I think, really amped up their podcast last year when they got Rogan on board to leave YouTube and Apple and go to Spotify exclusively. And then they were like, well, if we get millions of listeners a day for Rogan, that means we got to keep them here with other content. And I think that's when they, like, joined up with Anchor to put out more content and to have more on their um platform because a lot of us we go to anchor first as the podcast host and it's free and anchor is owned by spotify so you get a chance to use music and then just send it to spotify so yeah and the spotify that i think it's really is helpful especially when you're doing a lot of driving like you said i mean cranes that's that's a lot of back and forth that you can at least find stuff to, you know, listen to that's positive out there. And plus, you guys put out content, you know what I mean, for anybody. If you're listening or watching right now, I'll have the link in there for, Christi, you know, they, they do live all the time, right, where you guys go live on Facebook and do Just For Today together.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been trying to, like, uh, play around with the Facebook Live, Instagram Live, and then I will I just record it and so I can put it on YouTube, and then it's, like, on, on the podcast.
3: So, okay, yeah. cool, yeah.
2: Living sober. Yep, Chris. I'll have all the links whether you're listening or watching, and you know whether it's to Facebook or to YouTube or to Instagram or TikTok. You you're all over, and Steve, you're on there all the time with her doing stuff. So you know it's.
0: Well, I'm a co-host when I'm not busy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, it's you know you know coming from a another sober couple like we make content all the time, and it's it's you know, it's fun to participate in your recovery with your partner and to do stuff that's positive, that's for the recovery community, but you don't necessarily like go sit in a meeting together and, you know, sit there. And I don't think you even should go to meetings together when you're a couple, to be honest with you. I think that's better for the couple to split up and go separately, um, even for yourselves and for the other people in the room. But that's why doing this is fun for, you know, doing something together in recovery.
0: Yeah, I i used to, I used to go to my men's meeting every Tuesday. Like I, we'd go to meetings together here and there. Yeah,
2: Mostly. Yeah, you, you have this, some that are like the social meetings where you go as a couple and, you know, but then there's, I feel like, yeah, having a men's meeting or a women's meeting or something like that, they are definitely important. Not to go and like talk shit on the other person, but I think also for the other people in the room. Mm -hmm. like to feel comfortable like talking like i feel like i can talk more open when i know there's not a couple in the room you know about certain things if that makes sense yeah
0: Yeah. i I truly kind of like i really got into the men's meeting because that that facade is gone like where uh, some of some of the young other guys, like the, everybody's trying to like puff their chest out or like, you know, what I mean, trying to impress somebody or, like a, you know the yeah, everybody's eyeballing the hot girl in the corner or whatever. You know, what I yeah, mean? it's like there's none of that. There's no. So now we're we all take our mask off and we're all being real
2: strictly business.
0: Yeah, we're being <laughs> uh, I've seen some guys really open up and be vulnerable there and uh, some amazing things have happened in that room.
2: That's awesome, man. And I'm so glad you guys are, you know, doing what you're doing and participate in your recovery the way you're doing it. You know, I always like seeing you post because like, I see Krista post for you guys and you guys are always ready to go again. So uh, that's that's so cool. Yeah. Is there anything <laughs> now? Is there anything that you want to tell the couple in rehab? This will be the last thing, because, like, we- you're the you're the tale of like First. where <laughs> you're the tale of like, hey. You shouldn't do rehab love. You know, but now you're engaged and it's been three years, you're still together, you got a kid in away, way, but is there a cautionary thing you want to give to the rehab love?
1: It's not for everybody. I don't know. We're an exception. Wait.
0: Wait. Yeah. Like, Wait. <laughs> she 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 I'm I'm kind of on the same wave. Um like it's not the likeliness of this happening what what we went through is literally one in a million. Yeah. Like I agree. It does not happen. It shouldn't happen,
1: but I uh,
0: I think it
2: happened better because Steve waited.
1: Yeah. But we took the codes too. But I mean, I think either way when you're in recovery, you should wait. Like they tell you to, you know, Um,
2: I mean, you're almost a year before you moved in together and that's, you know, (laughs) yeah. So that's that's good, though. Yeah, I think that I'm glad that you acknowledge that you are like the exception when it comes to this doesn't usually work out this way.
1: Even tell us that like the people who worked at Salvation Army who like, you know, are still rooting for us today. Like, you know, even though we weren't supposed to be together, they're like, you're an exception like and they know that we're doing good and that we help each other out. We say we work our program and, you know, stick to the, the right
0: re- matters. Yeah. yeah Yeah, Yeah. for me to have you know anything else on top of like you know my one in a million thing is that you know be patient if it's meant to be it's meant to be if it's Mm -hmm. not don't force it you know don't go the extra mile because if 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 you're forcing it it ain't meant to be and that's when you just you gotta let them fly man Mm -hmm. but like uh
2: especially early in recovery we get we're, we're so emotional like, you know, as people in general, we're very, we're on, we're fragile, you know, mm-hmm. people like that do that use that Chris or whatever, like was vulnerable, yeah. and you know,
1: the last relationship I had to go through to realize that I needed something genuine, something real, something. And I waited a little bit after that. And then I met Steve and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to pray about this because I know it's wrong. You know, I just went through something like, what am I doing again? But, you know, yeah.
2: No, I think you definitely did it right. I think the waiting, the patience and the not forcing it, like if if she's saying no, not yet, I need more time, then that means she no, not yet. She needs more time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm glad you both were ready when you were ready and you know, I'm sure that little girl's gonna be really happy that you were ready when you were ready in a couple months. So congrats, congrats again, guys. That's Sober that's all
1: parents which is awesome. So What is it? Silver Parents.
2: Yeah. and it comes into the world with sober parents like that's like that's awesome i'm so i'm so happy for you guys thank Thank you you again for taking the time steve especially i know you're busy dude and krista i'm sure i'll talk to you soon yeah on (laughs) on the many things but thank you guys again so much hey you're welcome jd Bye. bye have a good night
1: good night thank you